You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing water in stereocentrics and how the quality affects ultrasonic cleaners and instrument washers. Our guest is Jim Chandler. He has nearly 40 years of experience in water treatment technologies, was the founder and president of Vista Research Group, which was recently acquired by Crosstex International. And by the way, Jim did a podcast recently called It All Starts With Water. Please tap into that one. It was excellent. It talked about all the different uh, things to think about when you're, uh, depending on the kind of equipment that you have in your office. And I think the bottom line was not to be overwhelmed with all the complexities, but there are people out there that know what they're doing and you bring the right people in. They could facilitate the sale of the right equipment, the installation and the maintenance. And that's really something that should be handled by someone that knows what they're doing. So uh, again, Jim, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk today. Well, thank you, Phil. It's my pleasure to be here. Why isn't treated city water good enough for the Stereocenter? Well, the Stereocenter is kind of the heartbeat of the practice. And uh, as you know, left to right, right to left, dirty to clean, et cetera. However you're organized, it's, it's critical. Uh, you have so many things happening there. And beyond dental water, which is a whole other topic that we discussed earlier, the Stereocenter has to have water that's in really good shape. Otherwise, you're going to kind of pay the price uh, long term. City water is so varied uh, from New England, which has almost no total dissolved solids in it because they've got granite uh, in, their, in their soil substrate. And you've got calcium rock throughout the central states in the Midwest and south, uh, Southwest. So the quality of water coming from your municipal uh, be it groundwater, surface water, combination, of course, water imported from other states in California, and they have to blend it. Uh, you, you just have a myriad of water qualities or lack of quality. And if you don't mind that, um, you're going to have some trouble in the Stereocenter when it comes to using it uh, for instrument washers, ultrasonics, and other, other purposes. And certainly autoclaves uh, has to be an ultra- uh, pure distilled quality water deionized. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you, actually. My next question was, why do autoclave sterilizers require distilled quality water? Well, distilled or deionized water basically has nothing in it. It's H2O. And it either got that way by going through a heat process in a distiller, which literally just, just you know heats the water to steam and then the steam is condensed through a coil and you end up with zero total dissolved solids or TDS in a, or, or less than five, but that, that's generally the range zero to five. And that means there's virtually nothing in the water. So whenever you put water into an autoclave, of course, when it goes into the chamber and it fires up, it's gonna get up to 136 and a half Celsius uh, it's going to boil, and so anytime it turns to steam, then anything that was in the water will be deposited. So if there's anything in the water, it will be deposited on the instruments or on the inside of the chamber uh, of your uh, autoclave. And certain sterilizers out there have sensors in them that will basically shut themselves down if the water quality is, let's say, greater than four or five parts per million TDS so that you don't inadvertently destroy your instruments. And some sterilizers don't. So you could literally, as I used to joke, you could put pond water in some of them and it will basically do what it can to clean your instruments, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be pretty at all. Yeah. So in the, in the past, before they had these newer systems, these water treatment systems for sterilizers, you'd have to just add distilled quality water, 
when as needed, right? Um, you have systems now that's now through Crosstex where they attach below the counter or whatever, and it treats the water so that it can go in distilled. Yes, basically without using a distiller, which again uses a lots and lots of heat and energy, and it's not very environmentally friendly. We use a process of hyperfiltration and deionization. So basically the hyperfiltration, which is a technology like a reverse osmosis with semi-permeable mem membrane, semi-permeable membrane, sorry, um, that basically is powered by water pressure. It literally squeezes the water through the membrane, removing approximately 92 to 98% of the total dissolved solids. So things like calcium, magnesium, uh, other things in the water. Uh, which would plate out uh, anytime it's heated. Uh, it removes it. And that water is really good. It could be used in, uh, let's say, in dental bottles. It could be used in ultrasonic cleaners or for uh, final rinses of instrument washers, for example. Really high quality water. Maybe you've got five to 20 parts per million of TDS, which is perfect for that use. But for your autoclave, then it would continue on through one more step. And that would be through deionization, where that last 5 to 10, 20 parts per million is taken out by ion exchange. Um, uh, and anions and cations are pulled out to give you, let's say, 0 to 1 part per million. And that can either be dispensed into your autoclave reservoir or through an autofill device that attaches to the system. It will automatically put it in for you. Yeah, so I, I have reverse osmosis in my house. Now, that's pretty good drinking water. Um, could that fix the problem for, for an it autoclave? Will fix it. Not, not for an autoclave, most likely, unless you started out with almost no TDS in the water. An RO is a percentage removal. So you'll almost never get down to, uh, you know, those zero to two or three part per million water that you would like to have. So RO water is very good quality water and it removes lots and lots of the dissolved solids. And then it can be easily used in an, like an ultrasonic cleaner. Instrument washers, uh, that's a perfect kind of water to use for final rinsing in instrument washers and to put in dental bottles because you don't want to use distilled quality water in those devices because distilled water uh, or deionized water is more expensive to produce, number one. Number two, it's also corrosive to metals. Mm -hmm. So uh, RO water, if you're keeping it in the 5 to 10 part per million range, it's not corrosive to the water, but it gives you a very nice pure water to use. So what's really important is to test the water on an ongoing basis, right, to make sure what, whatever you are using is maintaining the criteria that, that it's opposed to. Correct. And for testing, like with regard to dental delivery units, there, of course, you're testing your bacteria counts, your CFUs. Where in the Center, you want to be doing chemical testing, and uh, a TDS meter is a very helpful device, but that's about all you can do with a TDS meter is find out, well, I'm in Phoenix, and I've got 600 parts per million of TDS, and I'm in New England somewhere, and I've got 60. Uh, and that's going to be a great help in knowing that when it comes to managing the water to protect your instruments, for example. But let me give you a good case in point. Um, SiteCan uh, has an auto, uh, automatic instrument washer uh, that's used uh, throughout the country in many dental offices. And there's a material in public water that's called chlorides. They're innocuous, not harmful or anything. But when you get high chlor uh, chloride content and you put it into the heated environment of an instrument washer, which is not sterilizer heat, but it's very warm, 
uh, and you have the uh, the air that's contained in the chamber. So when those um, they start splashing water around inside there, now you have a highly oxygenated environment with heat. These chlorides will oxidize and fall out of that water, and then it basically will fall into your instruments and can cause corrosion. So that's why there's a battery of testing they provide that can be done to check out your local water and find out, am I going to have problems with the pH or total dissolved salts or chlorides or alkalinity? A very simple little test gives you seven or eight uh, different parameters for the test, and that will help you protect your instruments both uh, in your ultrasonic, in your instrument washer, and, of course, in your autoclave. Then you know where you have to go as far as treatment if you're going to treat it in-house. Yeah, so it sounds like to me the water situation is paramount in maintaining the equipment, and if you maintain the condition of the water that's optimized for the equipment, the equipment's going to last a whole lot longer. Absolutely. If you're trying to uh, run water through an instrument washer that's not right for it, um, you're going to have some issues with the deposits on the instruments. Um, an ultrasonic is going to be more friendly in that regard. It's a little more laborious, but it just lays there at a certain temperature and the water jiggles and you don't have the oxidation potential with the high heat. So it's knowing what's your process going to be. But anytime you can keep the water clean, you're going to keep your machines like your ultrasonic cleaners, your instrument washers, your autoclaves, as well as your instruments, which are all terribly expensive. You're going to keep them much better shape for a lot longer time. Mm-hmm. Um- can you tell us a little bit about sterilizer condenser bottles? Are they necessary, and is there a better way? Well, there's several types of sterilizers, and uh, some of them are called chambered units. And the chambered units will typically have a reservoir, let's say a gallon reservoir, and the water flows from that into the chamber on the solenoid when it's called for. puts three or 400 milliliters in the chamber, closes it, heats it up, turns it to steam, and then when it's done, with a cycle, then it will send that steamy water vapor back into the chamber where it condenses and it's reused, and then you change the water out periodically. Then you've got single-use autoclaves and sterilizers where it takes so much in and it uses it, and then instead of going to back into the clear water reservoir, it will go off to a, a condenser bottle or pitcher. Well, the problem with that is that you can't put that kind of um, discharge into a drain because it's too hot, it will melt your drain pipes. So condenser bottles are necessary for those types of devices so that you can then empty them manually as they fill up. But you have to remember, remember to do it, don't let them overflow. And of course, sometimes they're very hot to handle. So came up with a device that is called a Vistacool, which basically will take the discharge from those devices and replace the bottle. And it's basically a heat sink technology that has an automatic uh, thermostat on it, which will open and close a cold water valve that will send hot, steamy water to the, um, as after it's cooled, warm water to the drain and put cool water in. So through a series of coils, it will, it will condense that steam and hot water into a very, um, very usable water temperature anywhere from 90 to 110 degrees Fahrenheit, typically going down the drain. Okay, so that that system basically protects your drain and uh, precludes the the need to empty the condenser bottles because it does it automatically. Correct. So users don't have to do that, and it also gets rid of the 
oh, the, the high moisture content inside of a cabinet. And uh, that causes, of course, all kinds of problems with regard to warping, delamination, or mold growth inside of cabinetry. So it's a real clean way to do it now where it doesn't overflow and the user doesn't have to have an interface and it just does it automatically. Mm -hmm. So how can uh, the typical staff use water systems to work more efficiently in the sterile center? Well, again, if instead of having to go to the grocery store and buy jugs of distilled water for your autoclaves and let's say a higher drinking quality water maybe for your other uses in an area where you have really bad city water, sometimes it's, you think you're going to save money using tap water. What it does is it just builds up that white scale or causes other kinds of problems. So you have a lot of lugging of the, the jugs of water and then you have to recycle hopefully the um, the, the empty bottles. That right there is a problem. Um, so getting something that you can produce the water in, in inside your sterilization center area, uh, typically in a vase cabinet or an adjacent cupboard, uh, and it let it produce right there. Um, and the way these products are, have been designed, I've tried to stay away from electric uh, wherever possible. We don't have any products that are powered by electricity. So they're all water pressure driven. Um, and so that right there saves transportation costs, lifting and lugging. Uh, ergonomically, you raise up and point and shoot or it automatically fills directly. So those are very human capital saving uh, ways that you can do it. And also just the processes themselves are very, very modern, very inexpensive, and the filters don't need to be changed very often, typically once a year. In the past, before we had all these um, sophisticated water treatment devices, what did the dental office do back in the day? I mean, 25, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, did they just tap into the tap water? Yes. Yeah, typically the dental delivery unit, when they came up with the modern devices like that, they would just, like you'd set a, a line to the hot and cold of your sink uh, from your piping, they would just run a tap from the cold water side and run it to your delivery unit. Um, and in the sterilization center, they would just probably use the tap water and pour it out through the faucet into whatever device they were going to use. And that, the problem is with tap, tapping to city water, again, you have no control over that water quality going directly into units. Those lines can stagnate. Um, and so you add into the whole let's disconnect from the public water supply um, because maybe that's where, yeah, of course, boil water notices, you have other things happening. But in years past, that's what they used to do. And many offices are still directly connected to public water supply. Okay. Yeah, it's not a very easy thing to try to clean your lines in because you don't have a delivery mechanism with a bottle like an independent bottle. So you can get independent bottles pretty inexpensively um, and have them connected by a service technician to your delivery units probably wise to get off the direct feed to your delivery unit. Now, you have another type of system with a filtration component in it uh, that has a, a, a way to use antimicrobials. Then that's different. You can then take the public water, use it, treat it, and have a, a means by which you can run antimicrobial cleaners through your systems, and you don't have to use bottles. You know, it's good to know that there's a full solution uh system out there that uh, a company like yours, actually, that uh, or, or now Crosstex, that used to be Vista Research Group, that has all the different um, devices that are necessary for different pieces of equipment. 
and where a dentist can have peace of mind because the in investment in this stuff is just very high. And um, there's all sorts of issues if it's not taken care of and maintenance. Now, some of the uh, things that you do through Crosstex, would that include education in the office when, when products are sold to the dentist? Uh, yes, I, I, I know that Crosstex has a wonderful group of salespeople who are trained on all their products. Um, of course, you know Leanne Keeper. She's their head of education. Uh, they try to keep their, their reps and the dealer reps trained on all these products. And this can be pretty confusing, this whole space of water um, for, for doctors, and whether they're near retirement or whether they're just getting started, it's nonetheless confusing. And offices need to typically pay attention with all the infection control things that are going on these days um, in instrument processing and uh, you know facility management. So I know that there are staff of people at Crosstex Cantel, as well as the dealers, that they work together to try to help consult with the doctor so that they can help them get through these uh, designs that they need for their office systems and or uh, uh, experiencing a particular problem to kind of work it through for them. Now, just out of curiosity, for the really large practices that may have 20 operators, and there, there are not that many mm -hmm. out there, is there some sort of commercial requirement that's beyond what uh, you offer, where that would have to be larger equipment, something that could uh, handle more water flow, or, or all of your devices will work with that situation? Well, that's a really good question, Phil. They don't typically require commercial industrial type size equipment like you would in a restaurant or a giant a knee like that, because almost all the water using devices in a dental environment are very low flow. An average operatory might use one to one and a half liters a day in its bottle systems, for example. Uh, depends on the number and frequency of autoclave runs or instrument washer runs. Really, it's interesting that you don't have to buy additional systems so much as, for example, like the Vistapure and the Stereo Center, it comes with a four and a half gallon storage tank for your prepared stored water. Well, if you had double or triple the operatories, it, it can keep up with the demand uh, in producing the water, but maybe there's after four and a half gallons, it doesn't have anywhere to put it. So adding an additional storage tank or a little bit larger storage tank is really the solution in most cases. Now, when you get into uh, direct feed, like from let's say city water to all those, then you zone the system. So in other words, you might have two systems each op able to handle eight operatories or 10 operatories each, and you zone them. And that way, also getting away from the giant commercial equipment, if you have that many operatories and something goes wrong with one of your units, basically you haven't taken down the whole clinic and you've zoned them in zone A, B, and C, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Fantastic information, Jim. Uh, we're talking to Jim Chandler, an expert in the field of uh, water treatment technologies. He founded uh, his own company and, and was president of it, Vista Research Group, which was purchased by Crosstex. And um, if you're interested in getting your office up to speed with water treatment or you have any deficiencies that you think you have or you're starting a new practice, um, look into that because they have the expertise, I think, that uh, you're looking for and which I think will give you a peace of mind as far as making sure that your water is uh, in the condition that it needs to be to protect your equipment and your patients and make your day go a lot smoother. So, again, uh, Jim... Thanks so much for your time and appreciate Crosstex sponsoring this uh, 
podcast. It was excellent information. Thank you very much. Well, Phil, thank you for the great questions and your good summary there at the end. It was my pleasure at any time. I really appreciate you having me.